You are listening to the Motherhood Unstressed Podcast, and I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. It's me, even though I sound a little bit different this week. Um, I'm fighting a little bit of a bug that DC brought home from school, but it's all good because I'm here with you. Um, And I'm really excited because this is a show that is not only useful for business, um, but also for life. I am speaking with the incredible Sulaima Gorani. She is an author, a speaker, and her story resonated with me so much. Um, She was actually fired from this huge corporate job because she was pregnant. And many of you know that I used to work for the EEOC back in my government work days. Um, I was there for a long time. And so when I hear stories of women being subjected to discrimination, um, I immediately go into attack mode because I've just seen it destroy lives and I want to fight for these women. And uh, she ended up having to go to court and fight for herself and the discrimination that she faced for the mere fact that she was pregnant. Um, But her story in this episode isn't necessarily about that. It's more about using what you already have, the skills, the the, the tactics that you already have inside of you um, to become successful and how activating a network is crucial. It's crucial for our success as women and men um, in business and in life. And so I think so many people don't know how to activate their network. We all have it. Um, so not only to activate it, what you need to do, the, the steps, the clear steps that you need to take, but also how to grow it and how to create a network that's going to propel you to levels that you want to go in your life, whatever that means for you. So we talk about network a ton in this episode, and she gives you some really great key things that you can do to start nurturing that. We also talk about um, designing your life and what that means. And I think people might hear that and have no idea what that even means, but it's true. Every decision that we make in life is uh, it's a decision for how we want our lives to go. And so when you get really thoughtful about how you want your life to look and, and how you want it to be and what you want your day to actually look like, she breaks it down as far as that, um, you can really just transform your existence on this planet. I mean, it's, it's truly incredible. Um, it's catching on. And she is someone who is at the forefront of the future of work and life. She lives in Silicon Valley. She's studying uh, with all of these you know, forward thinkers. And she says, follow the money. And, and so she's just really smart about the future of work and, and how we want our lives to be, how we want our children's lives to be in this new paradigm that we're entering. So that's incredibly interesting. I think you're going to love that. And lastly, we talk about trust and trusting the universe to that it has our best interests at heart um, and, and how moving away from ego into kind of a pure a clear intention of how we want to serve others and what we want to bring to the table through our work, whatever that work may be, is truly the uh, recipe for success in business and in life. So this is just such a well-rounded interview. She has her own show. She is speaking on stages, writing books, so she knows her stuff and she explains it so very well, even though English isn't her first language. Um, She's just an incredible woman and I'm so honored to share her story with you and to share her expertise with you because I think whether you're just out of college or you're a veteran in the corporate world, what she is sharing now is going to up-level your game and to help you create the life of your dreams. And that's why we're here. So thank you. Thank you for sharing this on your Instagram stories. Thank you for hitting those five stars um, on iTunes. The reviews do so, so much. So please, if you haven't already done that, please just hit those five stars. It does so much for the show. And uh, yeah, let me know what you think because I love doing shows like this for you, the listener. Enjoy. 
and this episode is brought to you by Motherhood Unstressed CBD. You can purchase our CBD at stores across the country or at motherhoodunstressed.com. Hello, Sulaima. Welcome to the show. I am so excited to have you on my show this time. You are just so amazing. You're doing so many things. You're an author of several books. You are a speaker all over the world. You're speaking almost every single day, it seems like, at these major, major functions. Um, Yale, Harvard, all of that. Uh, Welcome to the Motherhood Unstressed podcast. Thank you. And on top of all that, I'm a mom myself. (laughs) Yes, that's you can't forget that. And actually, that's what I'm mostly proud about is that I actually have two kids. I have one each, a boy and a girl. And I I was warned from the day I had my kids by other women telling me that I would be a horrible mom. that I would probably traumatize my kids because I had to work this much. And I only had two weeks of leave. And depending on where your audience is listening in from... A lot of American women know that two weeks of leave is can be normal, but where I'm from in Denmark, you usually have one year, but I could only afford to take two weeks because I'm an entrepreneur, self-employed, and so I had to combine motherhood and work from the moment I became a mom, and I'm so proud because when I look at my kids now, nine and 11, they are so entrepreneurial, I have a super good relationship with them, and I'm still married to the love of my life for 24 years now. So Mm -hmm. I think I succeeded in life. Honestly, I succeeded because I'm self-employed. I have been the breadwinner for so many years and I'm still together with my family, not being divorced. I think that's really an accomplishment. I mean, that's something I'm proud of. Not all the talks and not all the rewards. (laughs) This is really what I'm proud of. That's incredible. So take us back. I mean, you said you're originally from Denmark. Um, People who don't, who might not know your story fully yet, you talk about how you were fired when you had your first child and then you had to kind of figure things out. So take us through that whole experience because that to me, most people would be just leveled at that point and you didn't lie down. So, you know, I could lie down uh, and I honestly also did that for almost, uh, you know, three, four weeks. I was so traumatized. I was pregnant. I used to be the global sales director for a company and, uh, and I've only been in that job position for 10 months. And when I told them that I was pregnant and expecting our first child, the chairman simply uh, fired me the day after. And I had like 10 minutes to leave the company. I couldn't say goodbye to my employees. It was very traumatic. It was like really, I don't know. And I have never been warned, never received any, we have never had disagreements. It was purely because I was pregnant and expensive for the company, of course. I mean, in Denmark, you have the rights to one year of leave. And even though that Denmark is so proud of that right, what we, not, what we do not talk about is the fact that women are not being positioned in high paid positions. We are not represented in the top level of positions because who can afford to hire those women every time they get pregnant, they will have one year of leave. So there is a back, there's a flip side to that great, great thing that we're being paid this much money every time we get pregnant and we go for leave. But it also means that a lot of women in Denmark have middle management positions and they never go for the top positions. That being said, Hmm. So I was the global sales director and was being fired. And of course, we went to court. I had my lawyer. We were working on the case for a full year. And in the end, just after my son was born, I think he was a few months old, we settled. So, you know, we exchanged money and all that. And uh, for me, it was really 
a traumatic, of course, experience. But you know, the worst thing is I was pregnant. And regardless how successful I was, regardless how much stamina and energy I still had, I was pregnant. There's just no one hiring a pregnant woman, right? So everyone said, oh, come back when you have had your delivery, come back after your leave. But I couldn't wait to make money one year, one year and a half. I mean, who can afford that? I couldn't. Right. So back to lying down, honestly, I couldn't afford to lie down. I couldn't afford to be traumatized. I couldn't afford to be depressed. I had to find a solution. And this is really, for me, a crucial moment. I didn't think that I could be a self-employed person. I, I didn't think myself as an entrepreneur. Honestly, I used to work for Microsoft, HP, Maersk, the biggest shipping company in the world, the foreign ministry. I was super employed, right? I mean, I was, yeah. I was going for it. And, um, and suddenly I was pregnant and unemployed. And, uh, and I don't know how you felt the first time you were pregnant. For me, it was a huge change, right? The hormones, the body is really a big change that shouldn't be combined with a trauma in terms of, you know, your salary and your security, but it was. So everything was up in the air and I was in the middle of my MBA and oh, I was about to graduate. Just I didn't actually, know that. No, yeah. On top of that, I was in the middle of my MBA. So I, I was given the choice to stop my MBA or pay the rest myself. And on top of that, there was just a huge bill. Wow. So I had to be really creative because I was in my own, we had our own, uh, we owned our flat in Copenhagen, expensive. I had my MBA to pay. I had no income and I was pregnant. Wow. It was just, it was, no, it was really traumatizing. But the good thing is I, I had to find out what am I good at and what can I sell today? What, if, what, what do I have that people will be willing to pay for right now? So within a few hours, on, on almost just a few hours, I came up with, let me be a consultant. Let me start teaching people how to be better in, sell, in selling and, and strategic sales because that is what I'm good at. And so I started activating my network. Again, network is more worth than your pension, your insurance, whatever, because your network is really the ones who will give you contacts, contracts, right? Inspiration. So I reactivated my, my entire network and I went out and say, hey, I'm a global sales director. I have time from now and <laughs> until my delivery hire me, hire me. Mm. I came up with prices, book me on the homepage. Like I, I created a company in just a few days, really. Wow. And, uh, and then I, uh, yeah. And then I started selling myself really. And, uh, I was profitable within one month and I made more money than I used to in my old job in within the first month. Wow. So, and I've never looked back, but I'm still traumatized. Like I lost faith in employment. So I am today super biased when it comes to employment, because I was let down in such a, you know, a critical moment in my life. And I realized I cannot show loyalty to any job because in the end, they will not be loyal to me either. I might be, I might be wrong. It's 11 years ago now, and maybe things have changed, but actually my low point, my very low point became my starting point. Yeah. I'm not so sure that I would be in Palo Alto in the heart of Silicon Valley running my three companies if I was not being fired at that time. I'm not so sure yeah. because I was living a comfortable life, great salary, really great salary. And 
you know, yeah. So I don't want any woman to be fired while they're pregnant. But honestly speaking, this is happening every, every day. The only reason is I speak out about it. I speak about it. But most cases are just settles. You know, you get a little yeah. bit of money. You don't sh- hush, hush mm-hmm. money and no one says anything. But this is happening if, every if day. women go to court. I mean, you said, of course, we went to court. But I think so many women, A, don't even know that they have that option and that the EEOC will support them in that endeavor. And yeah. B, they're scared and they just want to, you know, hush under the rug. And yes, I'm pregnant. I guess, you know, they're right. I shouldn't be working here. I mean, it's that kind of mentality that's keeping us all behind. Um but that's just, I mean, it's incredible that you followed through and went through because we all know trials are a bear and they take forever. No one talks about that. <laughs> it takes forever. And, uh, you know, um, I, I knew that I was putting a lot of stress on myself. And as you know, stress impacts your your baby, even if it's unborn. And, uh, and I also had to graduate my MBA. So I, I really, I haven't told this to a lot of people, but I, I almost don't remember those uh, six, five, six months, I, I, I almost don't remember because I was just so focused on, on, on trying to deliver really good service at my clients because now they were paying me mm-hmm. and I had to learn how to become an entrepreneur. You know, the invoicing, the, the annual report, like I, had, like I had to start completely over, mm-hmm. uh, all over again um, while I was carrying this child. And, um, but, you know, I became a UN Women Ambassador Advisor after that. I, I did, as you know, I, I've dedicated my entire life after that, helping women. Mm-hmm. And maybe, I don't know, I'm not super religious, but I don't know. Maybe I was meant to be to find my path. And I'm just helping women. Like, from the moment I wake up in the morning until I go to bed, I'm like, a, I'm, a, I'm an activist. Not a, in a nice way, right? I, I love men. Don't get me wrong. I work yeah. with men. But I'm here to help women. I was navigating completely blindfolded Mm. and I really want women to know that they're stronger and they're even stronger if they get together. Remember network. We really have to remember to be good in networking. It's a skill. It's a strategic skill and you need to pay attention to your network. If you lose everything in your life, your network will be those who can give you the job, give you the clients, the customers, the whatever is really crucial and life design, right? I, I want women to understand that they can design their lives so that they don't have to jeopardize being a mom or choose not to have kids because they think that that will destroy their career or to think that they have to go to an office every day and never see their child. I mean, I really want to, we talk so much about innovation, right? Innovation in production, designing products. We talk about innovation nonstop, but we really fail in talking about how to innovate my own life. Really? So I love the term life design. How do you want to live your life and how can we design it so that you live the life? I mean, you are a perfect, perfect example. (laughs) You are a mom. Uh, You actually managed to handle the stress, hence unstressed. Uh, You you are an entrepreneur and you are a broadcaster. You you are inspiring uh, people all over the world with your work that you're doing and that I'm so proud and really thankful to being part of right now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you designed your life and, and we need many, many more stories to inspire women to start really thinking about how they want to live their lives. Also, a lot of women, they, say, they tell me that they actually jeopardize and they live not accordingly to their own values, but accordingly to a company's values or, and that's wrong. If you, if you don't live accordingly to your values, 
it will destroy you. That will create stress, sickness, illness, abuse. You know, it's just not good. We, we, have, to be tr- we have to trust that we should live a life that is authentic, authentic and free. Mm. And that we can be profitable while we're doing so. That's the key, right? So going back to network for our listener now who's tuning in and thinking like, she's right. I feel this in my gut. She's speaking the truth. How do I go about building a viable network with people who are actually going to be in a position to help me? And you don't want to just, you know, be like a gold digger type mentality, but how do you build this supportive network that you're talking about? So network is really three, actually four steps, but, and, uh, and to begin with, you have to, you have to ask yourself, a few questions. Uh, first is, um, what do I want to accomplish? Let's say you want to get back into the work- workforce and you live in Dallas and you are a nurse, right? Maybe that, you know, you have to be super specific. Then you look at who do I know? Who should I know? <laughs> uh, because if you, don't, if, you want, if you want to change anything in your life or if you want to accomplish anything in your life, you have to ask, who do I know or who should I know? Mm. And really, you make a list of the people you know and really specific, just a piece of paper. Give yourself one or two hours and you will be surprised. You probably know maybe 10, 15, 20 or even 300 people. And then you start realizing, who do I know that can help me? And you might find out, oh man, I haven't talked to him for a long time. I haven't spoken to her for a long time. And then you start thinking, how can I reactivate my top 10? Because mm. if you want to become re, you, if you want to reignite your career and become a nurse again in Dallas, you need to know who can help me, who have relationships into any hospitals, clinics, insurance companies, medical industry, or whatever, whatever you want to, how, whatever you want to become a nurse again, like how you want to reuse your profession. And then you start reigniting them. And you do that very, you don't send an email to everyone. Hey guys, I want to be a nurse again. Please read my resume. If you can help me, let me know. That's just, that's just the worst way to do it. You have to be very specific, hence being strategic, right? And you might also realize that you don't know anyone. You don't know anyone that can help you reignite or whatever you want to accomplish in life. Then you have to start finding out how can I get into touch, in touch with those people that I need to know. And then you start looking events that I should go to. You know, I, I can only say this and I can't say this enough. Every single week when I close off my week Friday night, I have at least spent three to four hours outside my office, outside and away from my computer, away from my, you know, and I've been meeting people. Oh. I've been joining one launch and one event. Wow. Maybe one hour and a half event somewhere discussing things. I spend maybe four hours a week, I think, for networking. And you know what? So they claim that I'm, you know, I, I don't know, I've, I've received all those rewards you can imagine in the world. And I have to say, this is so basic. I get them because I show up and most people don't. I have shown up so many times in my life, even if I didn't feel like, even if I was tired, even if I, you know, didn't feel I was amazing, I showed up. I had my business cards. I had my pitch ready, not like, not like a machine, right? Mm-hmm. Just, you know, a few words of who I am, what I want to accomplish in my life. I've been good in having a conversation, ask people how I can help them. I've been good in introducing people. It's building relationships 
I have, I've, this is my fourth country that I'm an immigrant in. I have started all over four times in my life. And I used the very same strategy over and over again. I show up the best possible way that day. And I, 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 I don't, today you can sit in front of your computer and you can link to people on Facebook, you can link on LinkedIn. Like you and I, we met in LA, right? For, for a TV show where you were participating and we connected, we followed up, right? Mm-hmm. We talked. So, you know, every time you meet a person, it's just the beginning. Yeah. And then you build the relationship and you move away from being very formal, formal to being more informal and you start helping each other and you start building. That's, that's also why you cannot have a big network. You have to have a very specific network mm-hmm. That, that kinds of support, what you're trying to achieve and a network where you can be to help for other people. Mm-hmm. So really, where do you want to go? Who do you know? Who do you need to know? And then you have to, then, then you have to start investing, give and take. Yeah. If you only give people, they will not feel that you need them. And mm-hmm. then you end up having a weak connection. So, but you know, I, I'm happy to share just a one pager of a quick Quick and dirty networking strategy, if you want. It's just like written down. Everyone can read it in less than five minutes. It's a really good Kickstarter. I cannot emphasize enough. Network is more important than anything else in the world. I am not the smartest person on earth. I'm not even close. But I have the best network in the world because just like having a garden, I totally... Uh, make sure that my network is always in movement. I help, I follow up, I email, I even send handwritten notes, mm. I send a pair of flowers. And you might think, oh my goodness, it takes a lot of time. No, it takes me, I don't know, five hours a week. And I have the best network in the world. You would be surprised how much people appreciate to get a handwritten note. Go on Amazon, order a book, right? And write a note. I think you should read this book. I love you so much. Good luck with your whatever you want to do. This is my, you know, or even take a book that. from yourself. You have already written. Just send it, ship it, write a sh- small notice, like congratulations on you starting being an entrepreneur. This was the book who really, that inspired me. This is for you. I mean, it's so simple. Mm. People will love you to the moon and back. Yeah, I think you're right. Now, is that something, I mean, you, you're on stages, like I said, all over the world. Is that do you believe your core message <clears throat> or what, what do you really impart to the audience? Is it just about networking and showing up? Because I think that that is phenomenal. I think that that is so crucial. And, and this generation especially has no idea how to do it. So talk to us about, you know, what your, your core message is when you hit that stage. So I still, uh, I still talk a significant amount of time on how to be good in strategic sales, right? So I usually, I talk to, you know, very, very big organizations and networking is part of that because if a company, let's say Google or Volvo or McKinsey, whoever wants to build strategic, long-lasting relationships and partnerships in and outside the company, and even if you want um, uh, departments to be better in cooperating, it's all about relationships. It's all about loyalty. It's all about building those ties and, uh, and my next book that is probably out in just a few months in the U.S. is about strategic sales. And so basically, it is what we are talking about, just applied to the business world. That is a significant amount of my time that goes with that. And that is very, you know, this is the tools. These are the strategies. So it's very, um, it's very uh, you know, um, 
tangible, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that's probably 30, 40% of my talks are strategic sales. It sounds super boring, but, it, you know, sales includes everything. Yeah. You, you do sales, right? Yeah. I mean, you do, everyone, <laughs> I, I cannot find anyone who's not doing sales. Even, even the nurse at the clinic in a hospital do some kind of nurse uh, selling, right? So everyone has to know about selling and I'm a super, I'm super proud of being good in sales. Most people don't like to say that they sell. They rather want to say, Oh, the clients just show up. Okay. Mm-hmm. But there's always a part of, uh, so that's what I talk about a lot. And then what we also missed to talk about is that I was actually, uh, I was, um, I was a school dropout in seventh grade and, uh, and, not, and I no ran way. away. Yeah, I ran away from my parents when I was 13 and uh, I was picked up by the police. I lived in the street, horrible. I was in foster care. I went to children's home, horrible. At some point, the police returned me to my mom and dad and and I wanted to go back to my old school. And the school simply refused to take me in because they thought that I would have have a bad influence on the other kids because I ran away from my parents. So when I needed the school the most... Mm. they let me down and and uh and since then i've been the advisor to the government i've written books i've been i have uh, co-created global dignity it's a it's a it's a global movement for kids all over the world how to live a dignified life long story short i spent 20 percent of my time teaching schools and teachers and educators how to look for talent mm. and how to be inclusive as a you know as an institution because nowadays, I think most people will say, how could we kick her out? I mean, right. Right. Uh, because now I'm the percent, 1% that actually made it, if you can say so. Right. So I'm saying I'm not specifically unique. There's millions of kids like me that, you, that might not look like a talent, that might even not be the best in school. And we might even irritate the teachers for some reason. But that's not a reason. You're not following in line. I mean, you because you're thinking for yourself. You're a creative person. Oh yeah, very much. And you know, I find it difficult to sit down for a long time and say, you know, I'm active. And and the thing is, um, I'm I'm motivating. Uh, I also co-created, and I'm a judge on the Global Teacher Prize. It's a Nobel Prize for teachers that we hand out every year in Dubai. It's a one million dollar prize. We <gasps> give it to a teacher. We give it to a teacher every single year. And I created all this because I want to focus on the future of school, future of education. And I think we fail dramatically, not only in U.S., but all over the world. I, I, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to see how the education system works all over the world. And, and you can only imagine how many institutions and politicians and how many countries that want to listen to how do we build the, the education of the future, so that's also a part of my, my, my teaching. And then, of course, I talk about self-development, life design, and that's something unions want to listen to, uh, private companies, um, HR departments, how they can support the employees in designing better lives so they are less stressed. So, you know, I talk about three things, right? My core competence sales, and then the whole education and future of education, and then the future of life, if you want. Wow, that's incredible. I mean, that is such um, a wide breadth of, of expertise, but I think that there's an underlying theme throughout, which is creating a more beautiful life for yourself yeah. and, and the community at large. Yeah. Yeah. So talk to us, I mean, for the mother who's listening right now, how can she begin to design her life, to be happier, to feel fulfilled in career and life? What's the first thing that she should do? 
first of all, um, life design is something everyone can apply. So no, no matter where you live, no matter how you feel about yourself, no matter how great or good or competent you are, or no matter how, how, how little you think you're capable of doing, regardless, regardless of how much or how less support you have from your spouse or family or whatever, you can design your life. So first of all, you have to think about what kind of life do you want to live? And it's funny because when I give people a piece of paper and I ask them a very simple, very simple task, write down your perfect week. Let's say your week starts Monday, 6 a.m. until Sunday, 11 p.m. Try to fill out all the blanks for every hour, 8 to 9, 9 to 10, 11 to 12, every single hour, write how a perfect week for you would look like. Most people cannot think outside the box because they are in the box. Mm. We might be surprised, but most people think, okay, I get up in the morning at um, 6 a.m., I have one hour with my kids or I go for a run, I get into my car, I go to an office, I get back 6 p.m., I pick up my kids or whatever. You know, we have this whole thing about how a life should look like. And I don't work in the weekends. I try to go hiking and be with my friends and family or whatever. Or I work night shifts and I'm exhausted in the morning. Whatever, life, whatever lifestyle you have right now, it is so difficult for us to think about that life could be different. Mm. The first time I started to be interested in life design was because I, was, I had limited energy, okay, because I was pregnant. I couldn't work full time uh, because I, also, I was also traumatized. I needed to heal. I needed to spend more time in, you know, self-care. And, and I couldn't do that with a full-time job. Uh, and, and also, I didn't want to be employed. So I had to think about what would a perfect week look like. So here's what I did. I took that perfect week piece of paper and I said, okay, a perfect week for me would be like go to an office two times a week and work for one client for one year because that will pay just enough for me to pay my bills. So I need to find someone who would hire me as a sales director, but only two days a week. And they should pay me X amount of money every month. And they shouldn't be able to, um, to, um, they should, it should be on a one-year uh, contract so that I feel some kind of safety. Mm -hmm. That was my goal, number one. It took me a few months, and then I had that contract. Wow. Then I would spend two days a week to start teaching and educating and have workshops and, and host workshops and be invited to go out teaching, right? Two times a week. So that's four times a week. And one time a week, I would start writing my book, right? Yeah. I needed to write everything that I was experiencing. Yeah. So my life design ended up being going to an office from nine to two, not too bad, right? Nine to two. And I when, when my son was born, I brought the nanny to that office as well. Wow. And I had two weeks of uh, every week I could start speaking and one week, one day a week that I started writing. This was not something I thought about was life design. This was just how I could work and how I wanted to work because I was pregnant. Mm. And it turned out that I've been changing my life design, life, life design ever and over and over again, depending on what I wanted to accomplish, how much energy I had, my, my, my field of interests, and where I was located. So the, it, life design is a method, really. You start analyzing what you want to accomplish in your life. What target do you want? And I think a lot of women are used to think, oh, a target has to be something very big, very ambitious, very bold, it's very transformative. Much. 
It's yeah. too much. Mm-hmm. I'm really, I'm talking about what is a good life. What is a sustainable life? And what, what is a life that you feel excited? I mean, so not, our lives are not always exciting, right? I mean, I, 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 I love if people live out their passion, but sometimes you also just need a paycheck, right? right. So I'm also very, very realistic. So if you, for instance, a lot of women are super stressed, close to a burnout. They don't feel they're living their values. They might live remote in a place where the good jobs are just nowhere to see. There's a lot of things that limit them, right? So I invite people to look at all the limitations, really. And instead of looking at them as limitations, start looking at them as just foundations of where you are right now. Mm -hmm. Let's work around it, right? If you live in the suburbs and all the good jobs are gone, And the only thing you know something about is, I don't know, knitting sweaters, right? I don't know. Then I'm a mastermind in thinking about how to get your skill out there, how to make that kind of a profitable life or sustainable life. I I can pretty much design a life around anything, but you need to start about thinking about what kind of life can or will you live. My sister, she died a few years ago. She was totally handicapped. Like she couldn't walk. She couldn't talk. She was really disabled. And she lived with my mom and dad and for 15 years uh, until she died. She died when she was 40, but she was used to be in institutions because wow. she's, she was a lot of work. And my mom and dad start to, you know, they were usually, they worked normal jobs, super busy. But my mom couldn't live with the fact that my sister was in these institutions. She never saw her. And they just started designing their life in a different way. He gave up his job. Um, you know, they just did a lot of things so that she could stay with them until she died. Mm. And that's, a, that's just another beautiful example of how you can design your life so that you live accordingly to your needs or to your values or whatever is important to you. I don't want women to try to run after a corporate global career. That's not the right thing for most women. Actually, it's not the right thing for most people, but it's kind of the thing that we think is the only way to have status. You know what I think gives status? That you live a sustainable life. I think your life, your life is amazing. I follow you on social media. I I know it's social media life. It's not always there, (laughs) but I I admire you for being loyal to what you want right now. I'm not saying this is going to be your life 15 years from now. I'm just saying you're living the right life right now. You're making choices you're proud of and that fulfill you and, and makes you feel good about your life and your kids and family and spouse and everything, you know that you can change that life, right? In five years, you might want it a little bit different Then we change it to, an, to a different thing. So analyzing and then designing your life. Have you seen enough life designs for you to know what is possible? And we need inspiration. We need inspiration and to, because when we have seen someone living a life in a different way, we know how to do it. So we need access to inspiration. That's why I've interviewed people from 35 countries, how they design their life so that I can show women how life can be lived. Yeah. And then you have to implement and really stuck to it and focus and live it and, and, and live, live accordingly to it. So life design is analyzing, designing, uh, implementing and focus. That's the four steps you have to go through. That's amazing. And your show is so incredible because you do that. I mean, you talk about all of these people from all over the world who are creating the lives of their dreams. And, and for a lot of them, they, they're kind of surprised by it, it seems like. You know, they never saw that this was actually a possibility, you know, especially they're still relatively young. So it's like, this is happening. This is exciting. And this is how I did it. Like, it's incredible. Yeah. And I think, you know, a uh, future of work, you know, uh, 
it's 2020 in less than six months. And, you know, I think it's time for us to, to really start thinking about how do I want to work the next, next three years? I mean, most of your uh, audiences here probably have to work the next three, five years unless they retire and or 10 or 15, 20 years from now. And we have to think about life as, as you know, as a, um, as a timeline. Sometimes you have a lot of energy. Sometimes you get some illness. Maybe you get, um, you know, diabetes. Maybe you get heart issues. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe you get pregnant. That life hits us, right? But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be able to make a living. So we have to start thinking about more creatively about how to make money and how to use, how to make the best use of what I have. And I love limitations. I've never had unlimited amount of money. I don't know if you have. I have never had unlimited amount of energy, right? And I'm not the smartest person, meaning I need to think creatively about how to make and build myself a sustainable, dignified life. So that's why I'm so passionate about life design, because life is full of surprises and limitations. Well, I think you're a lot, a lot smarter than you give yourself credit for. I mean, everything that you've done, everything that you're doing right now in life, it's, and you're still a mom and you're still managing that beautifully. I mean, you're just incredible. And the wheels in my mind are already spinning about who I want to connect you with to get you speaking to their sales team. So stay tuned for that, everyone. Um, but like you said, your book is coming out in September in Denmark. When is it going to be released in the States? So I'm negotiating right now with an American publisher and, uh, so let's see, you know, uh, I'm excited. I hope that we will get it published here very soon. But but thing, you know, um, yeah, I don't know. It depends on what the publisher is saying. Uh, you know, my, my latest book uh, that was an online ebook that Baboon uh, published was downloaded. I don't know, 308, 10,000 copies. So I think I, you know, I think I can sell a book one more in the US. I'm sure I have more books in me here, but it's all about negotiating, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but for now, I'm, I'm publishing it in Scandinavia and it's called Design Your Life. So I'm combining the method of how to design your life and I'm actually forecasting how, how the work, how work will look like from now until 2040. And that is actually why I've spent significant amount of time and that's why I moved to Palo Alto to be in the future. I have had, mm. I had the option to interview every major impact, uh, technology and, and investments. What, what, because if you want to know how the future is going to look like, follow the money, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm looking into where does the money go, what are the flew, in, flew into. And so I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that I... And also in the book, it's a book for normal people. I don't write for professors. I don't want to impact, you know, yeah. uh, the, the uber, uber middle class. I, I want to impact normal people's life. So I also give good advice in if you only have $20 a month, if you cannot afford any education and you only have 20 or $5 a month, what kind of education can you take online? How can you keep yourself updated with what is happening in your industry or in your specific job functions? Uh, what should you follow? What should you read? What should you listen to? Mm-hmm. So I'm really trying to really give a recipe to the average Joe, you know, like, because I, I feel I'm a working class girl myself. I grew up poor most of my life. And, you know, I, I'm here where I am today because of network, hard hard working uh, skills and my work um, ethic is very uh, hard you know high and then also because I've been good in programming my brain and and make the best out of the little I was given really 
That's so inspirational. That's so empowering because I think everyone who's listening is like, yeah, like I'm tired. I'm, I'm busy. But then you look at you and you're doing all the things and you're doing them well. And you're very self-deprecating, like saying you're not smart, which is not true. Um, and it's just, it's incredible to see the impact that you're making in the world. And I cannot wait to get your book, to read your book. And I, I feel like it's something that I want to give to every college graduate or help every high school student, you know, who's thinking about going to college or fig- trying to figure out what they're going to do with their precious life. So I think that this is going to change so many lives because we need this at this time in history. We need a book like this. You know, the thing is, I'm a parent and uh, our oldest son is 11. So he's going to seventh grade just uh, just now. And, and we talk so much about future of work, of course. And I also understand and, and remember, I am from Denmark. My my lens is a little bit different than uh, than the Americans. I'm, I'm learning. But um, I understand why there's a certain amount of stress when it comes to kids. We want them to go to the best universities We know that they are going to create a lot of debt, right? Student debt. Uh, We know that they need to score high in every test. Um, I I don't know, but in in Palo Alto, at least, um, the kids are really, really busy and the parents keep them busy. You know, you have to do extra programming. You have tutors and everything. And I understand. I really understand that fear of not having a good path for your kids. So at least here, and I think for most Americans, we try the best and who will not try their best to give their kids the best education. I mean, we all want that, but we are missing a very important thing here. Future of work, the jobs that our kids, 78% of every job that my kids are going to be able to get in just 10, 15 years, they are not yet created. So, so, you know, our kids should really not be looking for a job. They need to think about how to create a job Mm. and creativity. You know, this, you know, so much about stress. The moment you are stressed, your brain simply closed down for those levels that actually make you creative. Yeah. So my kids, and I'm not saying I'm doing the right thing. I didn't, I don't know what grades they had just before the summer started. You know, you get the grades and it's emailed you. I haven't, I haven't looked at the grades. I'm sure they're fine, but we don't talk about grades. Mm. Uh, and don't get me wrong. I'm not a hippie. Like I'm super, <laughs> like I'm, I, I'm really obsessed about future and all that, but I'm not talking too much about grades, but we talk about, have you done your best? Did mm. you prepare the best you could? Do you need help? What is difficult for you? How can I help you? Can we find someone network that can help you understand whatever you don't understand? So they, had to, they have to advocate for themselves as well and let me know what they need. And I pay attention, right? Yeah. We do a lot of art. They do art classes, cooking classes, everything, sport, a lot of sport that makes your kids smarter. Um, you need all that. And then you need to make them, it's not possible for everyone, but make them travel, make them see um, the world, make them see US, the good and the, and the not so good parts. Let them see things. Help them to start connecting the dots and keep asking them, what do you have that can be to service for others? And that, you know, you can, you can either, everyone has a level. Let me give you an example. This is a super primitive example, but I love to be specific. My daughter just is nine. She just started doing, taking Spanish lessons online. Nothing amazing or anything, but she's good at it. She's getting better. I, we don't speak Spanish, but she is now on it. And so I will stop her ever so often and say, so Peel, what level do you have now in Spanish? And she would say, I'm on this level, whatever. And I'm like, so Peel, 
her name is Peel. Um, do you think you could start teaching, for instance, mom, the mm. basics of Spanish? And she would say yes. And I said, okay, what do you think I would pay for that? And she would probably say $2 an hour. Okay, fine. I'm not going to take Spanish lessons with my girl, <laughs> but I'm, I'm trying to tell her, even if she's not an expert, she's not. She's already at least three levels higher than me, right? Mm-hmm. And that is already worth something. So every time you invest in yourself, you don't have to be the best to start teaching or educating other people. You, all, you already have a thing you can sell. You, does it make sense? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I love that. that. Yeah, and it's very basic because I think that that will start motivating people thinking, oh my God, I already have something I can sell. Yeah. But we think we have to be the best or we think we have to be rewarded. We, have to, we think we, have, we need a diploma or we think we need to, no, no, no. But what you really do need is to understand how to transform what you can, what you like doing or whatever, transform that into a business, how to learn money, how to learn recording, filming, uh, showing up, writing, more important. I'm not saying going to Stanford or Yale is not important. I mean, man, I've spent money there myself to educate myself. <laughs> I'm not saying, I'm just saying, dear mom and dad, if your kid does not come into Stanford, he or she will be okay. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of other good in universities, colleges. Life is good also if you don't have a degree, really. We have to stop that completely insane pressure on our kids because they break and when their kids break, they're useless anyway. So mm-hmm. really pay attention to creativity. Really, it's, it's, you know, much more important. And this is coming from someone who is an expert in the future of work and you live in Silicon Valley. If anyone can talk about this specific topic, it's you. So thank you. Ugh, oh, absolutely. That is so amazing. So how can people find you online? Where can they purchase the books that you've already published? Where can they find all the things? Oh, you're being so kind. I mean, my name is Sulaima. I hope we can spell it out, but Sulaima.com is my homepage. And, and then I have, I'm building a, a movement of women in U.S. called Rim, Women Reignite because I want women to be reignited, of course. And, uh, and uh, so I think Sulaima.com and re, womenreignite.com, that is a perfect good start. But of course, I'm on Instagram and I'm on Twitter, on Facebook, and I'm the only one with this name in U.S., Sulaima Kumari. <laughs> so I should be rather easy to find. And I would love to connect because the, the more women the merrier, right? The more women that manage to create a safe space, a really safe space to start discussing and debating those things that really matters, the better. And I have excluded men from that for now because I want women to feel safe, to have that conversation about life and what is difficult so that we can find solutions, right? And the more women that thrives, Honestly, the better society we have, a lot of things, bad things, comes out of women and moms who are not self-aware, don't feel they live a dignified life, that don't feel appreciate, like, appreciated, that feel depressed, unhappy. You know, moms, we, don't only, we not only create life by giving birth to kids, we create life. You know this. When you walk into a room, either it's your dinner table with your family or if you walk into a room anywhere, you impact that room. Mm-hmm. Women have that power. So we need more women to stand up for themselves, go with light and, and, you know, raise their head and be dignified because all good things will come out of women who carry themselves with dignity. And I want women to stop chasing a, a life they don't even want to have. I want them to live a life that suits them. I don't care about what the, what the neighbor 
or your mom or your spouse is expecting from you. I want you to live the life that makes you proud. Wow. I love that. We could just end on that. That was so well said. And I got chills when you were speaking because everything that you said was just ringing true. And I know the listener right now is getting chills too, because I mean, that's it. You do that. You align your values with your energy and you win. You win the game of life. But you know, you have to trust life. And I also want as an end note saying, I meditate every day on a simple word and that is trust. Mm. Trust is not like surrender, right? I'm not surrendering, right? I'm not like expecting You've life. You've never to... surrendered? <laughs> no, I mean, I surrender sometimes because life can be so overwhelming and everyone who has been through a crisis or lost something in their life know that sometimes you just have to surrender because a crisis has to go through you. You don't go through a crisis. It's actually going through you, right? Mm. So sometimes you just have to surrender and, 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 and make the best out of it. But I meditate on trust. And every time I trust life, magic happens. Every time I push, every time my intentions are wrong or bad even, sometimes they are, right? Because I also have an ego. Every time I try to open a door with my ego, Mm. it goes wrong. So I don't know how to do that. I'm not an, I'm not a, I'm not a, um, I'm not a spiritual, I'm not a minister. Like how, how, how can I know? I don't know. But the thing is, I've just realized living for 44 years, being through all those things I have, created the things I have, things happens when I start trusting, trusting that things will be okay. And that's not surrendering, right? You still have yeah. to work hard, show up and do your best and all that, but trust and really remove your ego. And I think that's very important to find out, am I driven by my values Or am I driven by my ego? Big difference. So remove your ego. And that is actually easier said than done. Yeah. How do you, I mean, how do you move from the egoic state into the heart space? Because that's something I think we all, including myself, need to work on. It's hard. It's, you know, I think that is the hardest I've ever done. It's like, because my ego, every morning I wake up, my ego returned. (laughs) Right. I work all day to remove my ego. And when I wake up in the morning, my ego is back full power. So (laughs) It's an everyday thing. I have to remove it every day. And I'm not saying, I I know that some people might argue that your ego is a great driver. It is a great driver, but you have to balance your ego out. So first of all, find out what is your intention. So for instance, when you started this movement with your product and your and and your product line of of cannabis and and all those things and the 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 podcast and the unstressed moms, what was your intention? Back to intentions. What are, what are you? What, what is it that you want to accomplish in life? How will you be of service for others? What is it that you want to create? And 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 money is part of that too. I I want women to be profitable. Money that's not evil, you know. Right. So uh, that's not evil. You can be profitable and good at the same time. Very important. But what is it that you want to achieve in life? And really walk with your heart first. Not be naive, but really let your let your both your heart and and and, and brain guide you and um so yeah i actually i don't know i meditate every day on please don't let my ego judge mm-hmm. let my let my values judge um i know it's crazy but every morning i i, I put on some rose oil i don't know i love that and and when i do that it's it's i i say to myself please you know today i'll go with my heart first please mm-hmm. guide me i think if you if you are a believer or a, a woman of faith you do this by praying in the morning. I don't, but I put my rose oil and I do that. And I, I don't know. It's just a little, it's a one minute ceremony and it guides me the rest of the day. And I cannot, 
I don't know how to say that, but it has been such a mind-blowing experience for me the last three years. Remember, I moved to U.S., I invested heavily in living here, uh, and so many beautiful things have happened as soon as I removed my ego from that whole thing. And remember, I live in Palo Alto with the richest people on earth. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to be carried away to start compare yourself with those people or compete even worth. If you start competing, don't. I don't compare. I don't compete. I'm me. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> this was so amazing. Thank you so much, really, from the bottom of my heart, my heart space. Uh, thank you for sharing your light and all of your wisdom. I feel like I, it's going to be so hard to pick a line to promote this episode because you had so many amazing ones and that just rang true and, and I think are going to uplift so many women. And that is my intention of this show. And so thank you for, for helping me in that endeavor. And I hope this, uh, this, um, this experience for your audience will inspire many, many more women to do something that is very, very crucial. And that is, if you see an amazing woman, elevate her, promote mm -hmm. her, talk about her, hashtag her, just like I did with you, right? Yes. I, mean, I was so blown away with you. Like, so, and, and, and now, you know, I'm, I'm lucky to be invited to your show. I cannot help myself if I meet a woman that is strong, beautiful, amazing, everything, strong, whatever. I cannot help myself. I just need to promote it. I, I just need to promote her so much. And I think women out there, poke a girlfriend today, tell her how amazing she is, help be there, show up, make other people shine. If you don't know where to start after listening to all that, I have a very simple advice. Start making other people shine. And guess what? You will shine so much brighter because you are helping other women. So only good things can come out if you start elevating, helping women, even if you feel worse, even if you feel tired, worthless, overweight, I don't care. Start making other people shine. You will be surprised how much you will be blessed by doing so. I love that. And um, guys, we are definitely going to have your networking sheet that we talked about earlier in the episode in the show notes. So definitely check that out if you were on your commute or walking your dog right now. Um, there's lots of goodies in there. Thank you so much for being on the show. This was such a pleasure. You've been listening to the Motherhood Unstressed podcast, and I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. If you found any kind of value out of this conversation today, please share us on your Instagram stories, tag us at Motherhood Unstressed, and hit those five stars. It literally takes five seconds to do that, and you will feel so good for uh, giving back to the show if we have given anything to you. Have a great week. Love you guys. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.